Welcome to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations, a podcast exploring the cool Christian girl's guide to living in America. I'm your girl, April Davenport. I'll reveal to you a little personal testimony while merging ministry, education, and real life. We will also discuss current events with relevant figures of our time. It is the perfect blend of headline news, black girl magic, and of course, Jesus juice. Come with me on a journey you won't soon forget. So stay tuned, don't change the channel, and let's take a ride. Convictions and Conversations. I'm your host, April Davenport. Welcome to the show. I'm really getting sad because this is almost the season finale. Wow, what a great ride it's been. But my sadness is countered with my excitement because I am so excited about today's show. Why do you ask? Because I have some of my absolute favorite people in the world joining me for today's episode. I have my mother, my aunt, my first cousins, my best friend, and one of my very favorite person in the world, someone who I call my poo-poo, but actually she's my second cousin, but more like my niece, Madison. Today we are talking about a conversation with my girlfriends, celebrating generations of black queens. So we are on the heels of Black History Month, but we are in Women's History Month. So why not bring all of these beautiful black queens so that we can have a great conversation. Now, I must warn you, when I get all of my family together, especially the black women in my family, anything goes. So get your ears ready, get your eyes ready, so I have no idea what might happen today. Now, before we get started, a couple of years ago, my best friend sent me an article about the strained relationship between black mothers and their daughters. When she sent it to me, I replied back, I can't identify with anything in this article. The article was quite harrowing to me because the author wrote about the strained relationship between her mother and how it affected how she actually treated black women outside of her family. I admit it, I really didn't have any idea what this author was talking about. I'm going to read a passage from the article. A lot of our mothers are the reason we don't get along with other black women. And a lot of their mothers are the reason they didn't know any better. I was raised in a home where I learned two things about women very early on. The first being that they were not to be trusted. And the mm. second being that you didn't keep too many around. Mm. I mean, my heart stopped when I read that because the only thing that I could think about was that I received so much love, not only from my mother, but from her sisters and from all of the black women that are in my family. So I thought that it would be great to bring all of these women on the show so that we could have a conversation. Auntie Julia, I'd like to start with you. As the matriarch of our family, you being the oldest girl, why do you think it was so very important to show love in the family? I think it was important to show love in the family because if you don't have love in the family, you can't really depend on getting love outside of the family. But 
woman had always been able to be the strong person in the family, and she was portrayed as a strong person. Uh, she would have to be strong for her family, her husband, and basically she was the caretaker of the house. The man might make the money, but he gave the money to his wife to take care of her, the kids, and the house. So it's important to show love. And if you don't have love, you basically, I would say, somewhat lost. Because if you if you got love at home and around the family, and you go to work, and you don't have peace there, at least when you come home, you have love. Good answer, good answer, good answer. Play, 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 play. We're going to play. Before we, before we pass, I think that is a good answer. We know that um, for us, m many of us, we didn't know uh, you all's mother, our grandmother, and um, you being the oldest girl, you were able to spend most of the time with her in the home. What kind of things did you learn from your mother that helped you be able to show love to your children? Well, my mother would always fix our plates. She would always try to give us what we wanted, but we always had what we needed. And I always wanted my kids to have a little bit more than I had. So I felt love, though, from my mother and from my father. And my sisters and brothers, we loved each other. We played together. And that's what I wanted for my kids, to love each other. And if you didn't have any friends, if you have each other, you got the whole world. I think that's uh, definitely something I know I always said um, growing up is it doesn't matter if I have friends or not because I have like 50 cousins. So I already have 50 <laughs> friends. I used to always say that growing up. Um, Auntie Sheila, I'm going to come to you because I know that when I was growing up and I became a big sister, um, I told my mom that. I always thought about you and how you loved doing things for your, your siblings. And I always said, well, I gotta take care of Charnel because and Sheila loves taking care of her siblings too. Um, so I think about you a lot when I think about an older sister. Um, so what are some things that you think are important when it comes to showing love? Some of the things that are important in showing love. First, you tell people, my sisters and, and brothers about the Lord because he is love and we know in 1st Corinthians it talks about the different gifts but without love you have nothing and one of the things I used to tell my siblings especially the two uh, youngest sisters is I used to pray with them and we used to and you know my mom would say uh, quite often, how much she loved each other, how, she, how much she loved us. And I would tell my sisters and brothers, the ones under me, how much I love them. And the thing about love is, you know, even our grandparents, they would tell us, do good to people and it'll come back to you. Love people, do right, and it'll come back to you. And I can attest to that. Um, I certainly think that any of my cousins would agree with that 
that if you do good, then good will certainly come back to you. So I'm going to open up the floor to my cousins. What are some of the ways that you believe you were supported and loved uh, growing up in the family? Well, you know, Tina Turner once said, what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a secondary emotion? And when I think about, when I think about Tina, I wish she had had the opportunity to be in our family. Mm -hmm. Then she would have known, one, we all probably could have took out, because it's certainly a lot of us. <laughs> but when I tell people about our family, I hear people say, man, I wish my family would do stuff like that. And I said, I think all of us grew up hearing stories that they were told when they were children, always show love. And I told mama, when we was growing up, we were so loved that we really did not realize just how much in terms of materials we did not have. Right. Um, you know, we ate out of paper plates every day and I never thought about it was because maybe we didn't have enough plates because we were so loved. Right. I never thought about that we didn't have a lot of shoes, that we was missing anything because we were so loved. And I used to tell mama, if I could have picked to come to earth with anybody, I don't think I would choose anybody else because we used to go to bed like the Black Waltons. Everybody would say, good night, I love you. Like, I love you, mama, I love you, Shell. I love you, Sean, I love you, mama, I love you. And that's how we went to bed every single night. Right, right. And for me, I think the way we love is tangible. And so some of us have closer relationships based on age. But when we get a chance to spend time with each other, it's so natural. I went on a dollar store journey with Kim, Tasha, and Sharon, and I felt so adult. <laughs> Going to the dollar store with a big pen, you know. <laughs> now I'm leaving them behind. I was like, "Watch out, Erica! I'm going to the dollar store, baby." And it still feels so natural. Or I could hang out with Madison and Avery and have just as much fun. Sure, I don't know none of the dances, but the fun is still there because love is the top. Left a good job down in the city. each other and you know we would always say like you said earlier we didn't need anybody to play with long as we had each other and it was four it's four of us but then once we get together with our first cousins you know I just remember all of us being down at granddaddy's house and just imagine that little house and granddaddy would be on the phone and holler let us hear but we were all running around the house and it was just all about love right and it just started with Sharon and I being the oldest too, out of all the grandchildren. And we was always with our aunts and uncles. So it was just love the entire time. 
I piggyback on that because um, it's the love that you guys show each other as siblings. Um, I like to mimic myself, um, not having any biological kids, but like my aunts and uncles, where if my parents weren't there, I knew my aunts and uncles stood in as my parents. Mm -hmm. And I try to do that for my nieces and nephews, telling them that I'm your other mama. Mm -hmm. So, and that's just the kind of love that we show. But when mom said that, um, that having love, like, you know, it's no, we're, we were four girls and we fought in the house. Mm -hmm. But if my parents knew that we were mad at each other, they would make us hug, right. they would make us kiss and say, say that we love each other. Because again, if you have love in the house, um, but you were also asking about um, the love, just the cliches that we've heard growing up. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about some of those, but when mom says, um, be kind, Auntie Sheila said, be kind. And mom always say you could get uh, more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. Right. And just being kind to people and showing the love um, outside of our family to other people as well. Because, you know, people don't have the love, but if we can show it outside because we got it inside, right? then that makes a difference. Oh, I second that. Because when I moved into school my freshman year, naturally I had a caravan, right? <laughs> it was like eight cars. Uh, we all pulled into the very already small parking lot and uh, my next door neighbor came over and was like, hey, are all these people with you? And I was like, yeah, this is just the half of it, you know, we're just getting stuff out. Um, but to know that there were people that did not have people to help them move in, that their families, you know, sent them in an Uber, I could have never imagine you know um being in that position so to know that uh you know this is uh what we are growing up in is like amazing and it really um makes you thankful because not everybody has this right right absolutely i'd like to add to a couple of pieces one for tisha we did by mom and daddy we were fighting we, we had the kids to make up <laughs> i actually my husband and i are raising our kids that way they we don't allow them to they might do it secretly, <laughs> but, if we, but if we know that they're mad at each other or somebody needs something, we make them hug, we make them kiss, and we make them hug and kiss two or three times until we feel that they feel the love. <laughs> um, and then as far as Tia reminded me of a story I often tell when I went away to college and the girl across the hall from me, I remember she got a piece of mail and her mom had sent her $20. And she had sent her, that was $20 for the entire year. She was so happy. When I was begging my mama for $20 a week. Right. For my allowance. <laughs> right. And I'm like, how could her mother? I mean, it's, it, that was really an awakening moment for me to know that we were really so fortunate, so blessed to have our parents, to have, they knowing that they did not have to do anything for you, but by the grace of God, they did everything they did. So, exactly. Yes. I mean, and that's, that's funny that you bring that up because I could think about, um, you know, I went way far away that every time I would come home, though, um, all of my aunts and uncles would give me something with, uh, as they say, squeeze my hand uh, before I went back. Um, and they would say, you know, here's a little lunch money and, you know, it would be way more than lunch money um, in order for me to go back. But, you know, we don't often think about what so many people don't have. And when I went to school, um, there was a young lady who I became one of my closest friends and uh, she did not have, her mother um, actually was disabled. So her mom was there, but 
there was no one else there to help her move in. And so my parents end up actually helping her move in and everything of that nature. And so one of the things that I always think about our family is I tell people, well, once you get invited into our family, you're kind of just in there, you know, yeah, because that's yeah, how much yeah. love yeah, yeah. we have, you know. And so, you know, the beautiful thing about our family is that we do have a lot of love, but we don't have a need to keep it just among ourselves mm -hmm. that we're so blessed and fortunate that we know that it comes from God and we're able to just pour it out. Um, and so, you know, I think about uh, Lisa and when we became friends and, you know, now she sits here and she talks to some of my cousins. I don't even know she's talking to them and, you know, and like she calls my aunt, auntie and, you know, and then they check on her daughter. Um, and so, you know, Lisa, I remember when you sent me the article and uh, what she said when she sent me the article was that, see, I told you not everybody has a family like yours. Um, and one of the things actually when Lisa and I became friends is it was hard for her to see a family like mine. Um, because her family was different uh, than mine and you know but now hopefully you know she feels a part of the family but um, I'll just let you speak to a little bit of that so of course um, now in my older age in, in my wisdom um, I love and appreciate it so much um, because I am like not like family I am family relationship with my mother but my grandmother was like my mother and she raised me okay. so growing up in the house with my grandparents was like growing up with you guys my grandparents loved us they did everything for us I don't know what me and my brother would have done if my grandparents would have taken us in um, and we had a wonderful life um, but then once my grandparents went to heaven then I find myself in a place wondering again even though i'm very close to you all i didn't have biological family anymore so i went back to the same struggle of lord you know what am i gonna do but he constantly reminds me every day that just like the his word says those that do the will of my father are my brother and my sister and even though your mom did not birth me i love her just like she did and your dad, I love him just like he did. And, and, and all of you all that love on us and, and love on Kennedy and take care of her. There's no distinction between us anymore. You know, and I think that is something that only happens when, when, when you grow up and you don't have this. It's hard to accept when you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But as you grow in your relationship with the Lord, then you begin to understand mm -hmm. that it's him that is sewing the, the, the threads together mm -hmm. so that there is no distinction between the fabric anymore. Yes, right, right. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but I think, it, you know, it's, it's definitely difficult. Um, and then, it's, you know, as, as black women, um, we're not only fighting um, the battle of the adversary, but we're kind of fighting what's happening in society, right? So we, you know, we have a lot of love. We're so blessed. I don't ever, ever remember um, one being in any type of competition, 
you know, with uh, my sister, both of us were both educators. Um, I used to tell her, I used to push her to her very maximum potential because I saw so much in her. Um, but I look at, you know, all of my cousins and um, everyone is, you know, doing so well in their own gift and their own craft. And I never felt at once that, you know, any one of us had to compete with one another to, to do something. Um, I think about Kim all the time and um, I always tell, I just told her this a couple of weeks ago, you know, she was just like a free spirit, you know, free bird. But I think that's beautiful about her. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has their own gift, their own craft that they're offering to the world. Um, but society doesn't always appreciate that, right? Especially among black women. Um, and society kind of wants black women and, and they pit black women. If you even watch some television shows, you know, um, there's a show that uh, I was watching the other day. And I told um, Lisa that I was really disappointed that they were putting two of the black female characters up against one another because it doesn't have to be that way because there's really a space for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I really like to know in your individual jobs, in the industries that you're representing, do you feel like you're competing? You know, because it's a lot of love in, in the home, right? It's a lot of love amongst your family. But when you go outside of that, do you feel like you're competing a lot? Every day, like every day I'm hustling. Um, <laughs> black women get looked at in the workplace differently. Yeah. You are judged by how you look. You're judged by how you talk. You're, yeah. judged, you're judged by everything. Mm -hmm. And so you grow up and you are told you got to be two times good. Right. You got to be three times as good. And you know your majority counterparts, it's the road that's travel. Like they have no idea. Um, one thing that I think we have to work on is not being the angry black woman like you you have to learn how to be articulate in your delivery so that the delivery does not dilute your message right. and i remember one day sitting in a meeting and i said something and a colleague said remind me again of your credentials and i thought to myself no she did <laughs> and so she said it again she said remind me again of your credentials i said i'm sorry are you asking why you weren't on my interview panel and then somebody said, ooh, I said, because my reference is available upon request. Right, right. Like, I'm not scratch and sniff. I'm here on purpose. <laughs> right. And I believe and receive that God has me in a particular place. But no one else around the table was really bothered by it. Yeah. She ain't asked none of y'all that. Why do I have to put my resume on the table to be a part of the discussion? Mm -hmm. And so what we have to do is recognize there's a unity and sisterhood, but sometimes people are deliberate and intentional about dividing you up at work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you are at work and people acting crazy, that's well, affirmative action, it can't be but one of us. And so baby, it's gonna be me. Right, right, <laughs> right. If you stuck together, it really could be Wakanda forever. Precisely. And you know, we're walking, we strolling to the polls and all this stuff. <laughs> I am so proud to be able to be a part of a moment where we can say, we saw Barack Obama. Yeah. yeah. A first lady being named Michelle is something that I never thought was <laughs> For a minute, I had people call me first lady. <laughs> I'm Michelle Temple But then to see Kamala and even the unity that it has brought among the divine knights. Yeah. Well, you know, we normally would be in a step off, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to see it. But I do think you have to understand that when people are in the workplace, they have not seen a you. Yeah. Minorities will always have experiences with majorities, but sometimes majorities, their experiences on the news. So I remember Tisha said she came in as 
Dr. Edwards, and they looked at her like she was the intern because they were not expecting this beautiful young black woman mm -hmm. to say that she was Dr. Edwards. Mm -hmm. And I remember even this lady came in and she said she was asking for the boss. And I said, how may I help you? And she said, you're the third person to ask me that. And I want to speak to the person in charge. And I said, do my colorful shoes make me not look like that person? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, when you just said, may I help you? I said, it's because I'm polite. Right. It doesn't mean I'm not in charge. Right. All right. So, but again, when we had those moments, you know, I can't just slam her and, you know, granted, it would have been cheered and I've been on World Star and all that stuff. But my career is over. But she got a black eye. So you, you take that moment. Mama said, you bring your whole self to work. You pray about it. Lord, you cover me. You fight this battle. You gave me this talent. In order for them to see it, you order my steps. You order my words. I want to speak and walk in a way that when I leave out of here, of anything that they doubt about me, they do not doubt who I represent and who I am. Right, right. right. And that's what you used to get all the time, isn't it? They're yes. shipping off. Oh, yes. Uh, because of a woman, certain jobs, uh, they don't look for a woman to be in charge. Right. Even uh, I look back on my postal days, the post office had to change from mailman to letter carrier because women's, they had to recognize us. And it was very hard. And even when I got to be a shipping manager, they would always talk to my assistant because he was the man. And he would point him right back to me. So it, it's been a challenge by me uh, being born in the South and grew up in the 70s and become a young adult. I know what prejudice is and how the darker color versus the lighter skin mm -hmm. color. We have been struggling with black. They've been making us shades. We even have racism in our own race. Yeah. So it's, um, it was good to yeah. see Michelle be a darker black lady, the first lady, and then I became the first lady of high heights, and I'm dark. that we have um, outside of our families is tougher among sisters than it is among um, people of other ethnicities and, and races. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when you're dealing with, just, just putting it out there, when you're dealing with someone white, you, you kind of know, you know, what you're dealing with and you kind of know how you need to deal with that. But when you're dealing with racism and competition, with your sister, that's something totally different. Yes. So, so for the longest time, I was the only black stationaire. Um, and now there's thousands of them. But say at the top, it may be, you know, 10 of us. They're constantly pitting us against each mm -hmm. other, mm -hmm. you know, to see who's the best, mm -hmm. who can do, you know, whatever. But again, I... I <laughs> I, I, I still go back to um, because of wisdom and because of my relationship with the Lord, that doesn't affect me. Yeah. Right. But it does when, when you're out in it. Mm -hmm. Like, say, for example, we go to the awards and, and all of the awards are all of us pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. Somebody's feelings are going to get hurt. That's what I'm saying. Like, it becomes... 
it's disappointing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And then it's also, it weighs on you because, you know, after a while, you know, it then creates, I think, division, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. Um, and then sometimes I almost wonder if it's, you know, generational. Obviously, we know, I think it was very heavy. You, as Deborah, you mentioned your experiences. Um, I know that it's definitely in the corporate world. Um, but then, you know, I, Tia, I wonder, do you feel like you experience it um, at all? Uh, you haven't worked very long, but if you just think about your collegiate experience, you know what I'm saying? And obviously, you know, it's a little bit different because obviously, you, you know, you went to a creative school. Um, but even still on that scale, you know, when you're the minority looking at other minorities getting opportunities that blacks didn't get, you see what I'm saying? So do you feel like the competition is still just as heavy among black girls that it is? that it was 50 years ago? Absolutely, absolutely. I do think it's generational when it comes to, you know, uh, more acceptance. Um, like I remember my first day uh, as a full-time employee. Yeah, yeah! I was so excited, I finished my onboarding, had my little badge, I had, you know, I colonized my hair, my hair was straight uh, <laughs> for my badge. You know, um, and uh, my supervisor, you know, she's a white female, um, but the office next door, uh, she's a black female. And, um, you know, I was asking her some questions and she was like, you know, I just want to let you know, I'm so proud of you. And I said, oh, I just walked in, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was really feeling myself. Um, <laughs> but then also, you know, um, I was able to look up to her you know, as a mentor. So I did think, you know, um, I was able to bond with her, but I also realized um, she probably did not see me as a competitor mm -hmm. because I see so her interact so with mm -hmm. other people. And I was like, well, that was not the nicest thing in the world, mm -hmm. but okay. Um, you know, but then I also think about my experience at SCAD and um, I, I, I literally think for black females, in any industry, anywhere, we are the brain, the hands, the legs, the feet, but we get treated like the butt. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> because we are so amazing. <laughs> We're so amazing, creative innovators. I mean, you know, we can twist our hair, we can wear our hair big, we can straighten it, we can braid it, but as soon as somebody else does it, it's revolutionary. And we're just mm -hmm. like, well, wow, okay, that's cool now. Yeah, um, just I, right. Yeah, I think a lot of that is fear. I think a lot of that is fear from other people. And they fear us, but somehow or another, they can still pit us against each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Um, especially females of another ethnicity and even men men especially they seem to be fearful of the black woman oh, and oh then yes. when we okay. show our intelligence and when we're able to articulate it so our delivery is there then all of a sudden we're the angry black women right and it's like no we're not the angry black women we just know what we're doing right yeah. and and again because we're taught early in age um that you have to be four to five to six times is um, greater than they are just to be able to compete on the same level, mm -hmm. knowing that we already outshone them, you know? Yeah. So 
Um, that's what we have to deal with. And although, as a lot of people said here, that we are we're the breadwinners, we're the innovators, mm -hmm. but to them, we're still, you mm -hmm. know, nothing more the help. than the help. Yeah. The help. And I think it goes back really to something that um, Michelle said, you know, we're still all, whether it's all black women or it's a black woman and a black man, I mean, we're all still vying for one or two spots. And, um, you know, it would be different if it's despite the fact that it's 2021, despite the fact that so many of these huge networks have dedicated so much of their airtime to Black History Month, um, despite all of those facts, despite that there was Barack, that there is now Kamala, uh, there's still just so much limited opportunity um, for African-Americans and especially African-American females. So I think that everybody feels like, you know, there's all of this, but then there's still just such a small opportunity for people at the top. And so people feel like, well, I just got to knock somebody down in order to get to the top. And if we didn't have that mentality, you know, if we really believe that what God has for us is really for us, then, Amen. you know, we would be uh, okay. Um, we talk a lot about love, but I think we also talk a lot about legacy. And when I think about our family, one of the, the great things about our family is that we are blessed to have generations in our family. And it's so important um, as, you know, I look at Madison and I think about the world that's being created for her. Um, and I think that despite what we can't control, we can control the world that, you know, we create for her. And um, I think about, you know, what kind of legacy do we want to leave for not just Madison, but for all of the children, you know, that are in our family? What are some legacies that you want to leave, not just for the children in our family, but for the next generation of young black girls? Please, somebody say generational love. Let's start. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good answer. Okay. I, I think any parent wants to ensure that their children are left better than they they were. Um, so and and not just to be able to to live better, but to be able to be a blessing to other people while they're living better. So that definitely is is a goal of mine for generational wealth. But I also think as black women to be able to leave. Um, that self-confidence that we continue to grow and build um, that is in us, that we input that into our, our children, the next generation that's coming. That's Star Trek. And yeah, yeah, we have to make sure that we definitely introduce them to the Lord. That's uh, the first beginning. I just Not to, you know, there's so many materialistic things that we give kids now, but the main thing, as my daddy used to say, his word, the main thing is, is to show them love, show them how to help others, show them how to plant seeds, because you can't reap nothing if you don't plant nothing. So if you sow good seeds, you're going to reap good seeds. And then always, always, don't ever think you're better than anybody else, but think you just as good as anybody else. Because one of April teachers uh, told her that she would not get into Notre Dame because she didn't get in. It was a Caucasian teacher of hers. Mm -hmm. And April came home crying. I said, look, you tell that lady that you know a God that said all things are possible. Mm -hmm. And praise the Lord, she went there and got her degree and her master's there. Oh, so 
Don't, I, I think we need to make sure that we tell the kids that. <laughs> make sure that we tell the kids that. No matter what, always be willing to help somebody else along the way. No matter if you really feel like they're against you still. Always so April and Chanel. If you can help somebody with the talent that the Lord bless you with, help another child. Yeah. The legacy of being blessed to be a blessing run deep. Yes. Um, yes. I'm going to do a throwback. So, <laughs> throw it back. We'll catch you. Apartment 60, 2435, Asbury Luke, Decatur, Georgia. Jesus <laughs> in apartment. Jesus yes. in apartment. Yes. We was all walking by a pool, and a young lady y'all might know by Erica Johnson now being Erica Edwards. <laughs> she fell in the pool. <laughs> when she fell in the pool, she couldn't swim. Oh, no. And Sharon didn't have a second thought. Sharon jumped in that pool like Michael Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> Swam and got her sister. <laughs> <laughs> Alma and Auntie Kathy was just as pregnant as Mary all the way to Birkenhead. <laughs> <laughs> they ran down the steps. Let me tell you, my mama jumped the last two. <laughs> because somebody had fell in the pool. And what happened was Erica backed back into the pool. Like she didn't realize she was that close. But the rest of us couldn't swim. So I was, Erica! Erica! That's all I had, but it was with passion. I had water right here. Come back, Erica! But Cheryl went in there and she was doing it. She had her little thing. I mean, but it would, it would blow up YouTube now. We'll be famous. But the thought was how it quickly mobilized everybody. Yeah. Quickly mobilized everybody. Like Tasha literally taught us all how to skate. In the street. And it was probably because all of us could go to the skate ring at the same time. But we would get out of the way and she would be like, come on, like we can go to Golden Glide and all the places we went and it's like pouring in and you remember and then you pour in and Tia probably like, man, everybody that's pouring into me it is coming from how your mama poured into us. When we got married, Tia ran into the photo and wouldn't leave. And Tasha said, Tia, come back. And I said, let her take a picture. She was like, these your wedding shots. I'm like, it's okay, she match. And Tia's in the middle of our wedding shot, just as cute. And the photographer didn't know what to do. I said, I said, take the picture. But it never even occurred to us to put her out of the picture. Like, not just because she was matching, that helped. But it's those moments where you just can't come back and, and move that. You know, me and Sean are village children, and I told Auntie Deborah, when you tell your sister, bring your two children, and y'all come live with me in your one-bedroom duplex, <laughs> nobody does that. Your sister shouldn't have came, but if she brought two children, <laughs> our bedroom was the living room. And, and it was one bathroom. Yes. And see, Kim's, it's, April said, Kim is a free spirit. Kim was the big cousin in charge of us. Uh -huh. Kim had to make sure I got to my class. She had to make sure she picked me up after school. We would, we would just sit down and wait. And I remember, do you remember when I walked into a pole and knocked myself out? <laughs> we was walking. And I walked right into a pole. And the next thing I know, I was out. It's like, she'll come back. Because... <laughs> In California, the classrooms are not connected. So right. when you was in the hall, you was outside. But I love that I've had all of these little magical moments. Yeah. Me and Erica are 30 days apart, but I call her my little cousin. <laughs> <laughs>
if and Tisha two years younger, so she the next little cousin. Those kind of fellowship moments, like you can't put a price tag on that. Like yeah, we could just think about something, but we had the best time. Yeah. Uncle Bro taking us to White Waters every summer. Yeah. Twelve kids in the '98. Caught leaning and dragging, skating in the basement, in the basement. children to be there for one another yeah. the way that Avery and Madison yeah. plays together and, and um, the Jordan and, and Kai and Jared and MJ all in the same mm -hmm. age range but just knowing that we're there for each other and like you said also being there for other people yeah. because I love the way that although all of us may not be in public health per se, we always help other people. Right. And that is the public health for whatever it is that we do. Right. You know, whether it's ministering or, or giving moisturizing my hands, thank you, Kim. Yes, yes. It's in you in. Yeah, after washing them all the time. So anything we do, we make sure that we help others and that we don't make this world. We're just a small piece of this world. We're just a small piece of this pie, and we have to make sure other people know that they're in it just as much as we are. Yeah. But I think our biggest seed was October the 22nd, 1967, mm -hmm. on a Sunday afternoon. My mother called us all in, and she declared that we stay in unity. See, you can't have love and don't have unity. That's right. Unity makes everything straight. And she said, y'all stick together. And she planted that seed. And you know, we talking about we want our kids to have something. Those are the seeds you want your kids to have. Just mm -hmm. stick together. Mm -hmm. Love one another. Don't let nothing be too good. Don't fall out about nothing. Love your parents. She wanted us to love our father. And that instilled in me that that seed grew so big to increase all the love we to yeah, share to yeah. others mm -hmm. so why we want to give them material things i want to leave them uh a legacy some material things behind but i want to leave stick unity mm -hmm. how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to, to dwell together, together in unity it's good when we're together. Oh, we're going to get some laughs. We're going to get some jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, we can joke each other better than anybody. Yeah, you can, you can always come to my house and get a towel all up, band-aid, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know. Paper towels. Yeah. Paper towels. Yeah. Totally yeah. Paper. Yeah. Probably we on the road. Tasha got all those medicines. <laughs> 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 the girl's got in me. Yeah. yeah. 
always a Girl Scout. And Kimba always had that uh, uh, that lotion to make her uh, hands soft. Yeah. She came over here and just made my hands but soft. But she had the good soap too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she she got a whole little lab. She be in there like a dude from Ghostbusters. She got like a little white coat. <laughs> <laughs> so who are the best customers, uh, male or female? Male. Uh, I make the products for men, and women can use them. I mm -hmm. uh, start trying to change a little bit to make it a little softer, a little more feminine. But um, so far, it's the men, because mm -hmm. they are looking. They need to uh, to know what to do, how to do it. Those guys don't. My dad still put on Vaseline. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I made him a cream, like, and he was like, I'm good. I, I, my Vaseline is fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, so... Uh, it was more to educate black men. Melanated skin is different, has different mm -hmm. needs. Mm -hmm. Dove is not for us. Mm -hmm. Carrie is not for us. None of that stuff is for us. So I wanted to make something that's for melanated skin, in particular men, so they can know what to do to keep their grooming and their hygiene. But I want to also add about the togetherness for my son. My, from my father, um, my aunties, that's their brother, my mother's side is not like our family. Mm -hmm. And the same with my son. His father's side is not like our family. So I teach him to check on your cousins. Mm -hmm. You know, call, we all check on each other. Because I tell them our stories. Yeah. Tasha, if everyone has had someone above them. To this day, Tasha can boss me around. <laughs> <laughs> I would just do it automatically. So we all have someone that was above us that can make us do stuff that no one else yeah. can do. Yeah. Or below, because I mean, I have the ability to tell everybody what to do. She can only just see it, you know. Say, everybody's having their time. It's, all, it's like she can just candy is in there, right? It's like, yeah, she made it in the cousin group, though. I don't know what you did. I don't know what you did in the cousin group. Yeah. It's, she's, I'm gonna tell y'all honestly, I'll tell you after when we stop recording, okay? <laughs> Let me just say this. Let me say this last thing. I saw this and I thought it was so profound, and I really could not help but. First, I had to really just thank God for our family. And as I see her, I, I think about um, when I would see different things, I would send stuff to um, Chanel and she would always say, you're always just so deep. And um, <laughs> so um, but and then it would be so funny. And then I would have to wait about um, T always to give her a 24 hour news cycle. But so then Chanel would always come back 24 hours later and she would say, nah, but you right though. Right. You real right. You real right. Um, I saw this and it said, traditions are the stories families write together. And I think about our family and the, the traditions that we have, uh, Christmas Eve, you know, exchanging names, been doing that ever since I, I've been born, um, Easter, the Easter egg hunt. Um, but 
Sunday dinner, just Sunday dinner, you know, or Tuesday dinner, getting together for people's birthday. We're getting together on Sunday for Tasha's birthday. Um, but just, you know, some of you guys mentioned it, being there for each other. Every time my mother cooks, I look at the dinner and then I think about all the people that's going to come over. And then I look at the dinner and then I think about all the people that's going to come over. And I think to myself, there is no way that this amount of food is going to feed all these people. And then all the people come over and I realize and I look at the people and they get fed. And then I think, God, you did it again. Um, but I always tell her that she is the widow woman in the Bible. That every yes. time she reaches into her pot, the Lord brings something out. Um, so every time we practice those traditions, that we keep them going, we are just writing stories as a family. And those stories have been passed down from your mom and dad, and you guys pass them down to us, and then we're able to pass them down um, to you all's children. And for that, we can be really grateful. Um, so what are some other traditions that you can think of that our family does that really makes you smile, that you can just think of on maybe your worst day, and then you can think, I can keep on going. Well, when you um, talk to someone or you just help someone, it makes you feel good as well as the other people. Because when I was working, a lot of times people would come to me and, you know, tell me their problem. And then I would use the thing that Edmund Patterson used to say, that he was, the man was feeling bad about not having shoes until mm -hmm. he met a man that didn't have feet. Right. And that stayed in my mind. From that day to now. Right. And so, you know, when you do somebody something for someone and you're not doing it for any reason, you're just doing it because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it just, it makes you feel good inside as well. So if you just keep on loving each other, I mean, you know, if it's family or if it's friends or whatever, if I meet a total stranger, I'm going to acknowledge that person. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they might think I'm crazy for doing it. You know, and especially if you go up north or somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, you just do it just out of respect. If I walk in the house, I'm going to speak. Mm -hmm. And I used to have an employee. She would come in. I'd make her go back out. Yes. <laughs> do all come to she <laughs> And she was probably almost, I guess she was six feet something. But you know, it didn't matter to me. But I just. Cut it down like a giant. <laughs> Go back. I would just tell her, I said, I know your mama didn't raise you like that. Go back outside <laughs> and come back in and speak. So you really just have to be kind to people. And it'll, it'll come back to you. Right. And like you say, you say your prayers, you know, and I enjoyed the. Even though it was early in the morning. Early? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy the prayer line. Yeah. Right. You know, that we have. Yeah. Yeah. A new tradition. Yeah. That's yeah. a new tradition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really and truly, because you 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 don't not always promise, even if you wake up mm -hmm. that you can't move it just like I made that awkward step. Right. Like my knee was bothering me and I was doing fine. Could y'all say I was trying to step. I went to the I'm trying to get up. <laughs> so, 
you and know, this, and just thank the Lord that you have each other. Yeah. Right, right. But even to our uh, Sunday traditions, I'll say one of the customs that we do have to Granny's point, I do actually really love walking in the house and saying, Hey April, hey Auntie Happy, yes. hey Auntie Shirley, yes. hey Kim, hey going all around the house, upstairs, come outside, go outside, hey Brian, hey Brian, hey, you know, because <laughs> you never know when it may be the last time. I mean, a hug, a kiss, it goes so Far, especially with yeah. the people we love. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we are all very, very supportive and even our our quotes passed down. I remember being in the office <laughs> and somebody you? said, like Michelle Granddad said. <laughs> 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 yes, I do that all the time. Somebody in here quoting Duck Smith. Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's, that's one. And then um, we, we all love really hard. We are all good friends. Yeah. And I remember Granddad's friend, Mr. Bonker. Yes. yes. And so the thing is, we go hard for everything. If we have a cousin that do nothing, they good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have nobody that's slacking. Everybody give it all. Everybody give it all. And go ahead. You better say anything different. And I believe laughter is medicine. I yes. think it's the ministry God gave me. Yeah. And uh, yes. when I was in the hospital, they were talking to me. They was getting ready to take me to surgery. And so um, I told the lady, I said, my family is here. She said, how do you know? I said, I smell chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, it must be 50 people in the waiting room. I said, they're not going to come till I come out. They're not going to leave till I come out. And she said, they're playing cards and everything. I was like, phase 10, it may be a bit where it's gone. <laughs> but she said, I think that's amazing. I said, but that's how we are. Yeah. And I said, if somebody's in the hospital, we know we get on the horn. Be like, well, I'm on the way, but where do you park? Because the fact that you're not coming never even crosses anybody's mind. Right, right. And I love how we love, and I love that everybody knows my cousin, my aunt, my uncle, my family, somebody is here for me. Right. Somebody is here for me. And even though we've been we've been in a difficult season, yeah. but just to just see the love and the turnout and how we like, okay, you know what? We're not letting you go. Yeah. We we not letting you go. And of course, we had a tough day the other day. It was a, a, a landmark for uh, Missing Chanel and a landmark for Missing LaQuisha, even though she's still here. And I just thought about the fact that we was even together in that. Right. Yeah. You know, like That's I'm right. calling, I'm checking in on you that day, right. and I need to know just, just how you doing. And that, you know, I think Longhorns and somebody say you can't fake state. You can't fake love and relationships. <laughs> you, know, you, just, you just can't. And the, you know, the reason why it's so easy for you to go out and share love because when you have had the real thing. Oh, yeah. yes. You know, oh, and yes. when you have been authentic with it, and I think it is just, it's just a blessing to, to be in the space, and it's just a blessing to know that you are surrounded by people who just truly love you in a way that they can't even articulate. Right. Like, I just, I cannot imagine what you could ask me for that was in my power to do that I wouldn't do. Right. You know, somebody said, you know, you got a dollar, you got 50 cents. If I got a dollar, you got a dollar. That's right. Like, it, it never even crosses my mind. And the even how we give, I think, has been a generational legacy. Yeah. You know, we, 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 give, we give all we have. You know, yeah. you say your mama cook. And you try to figure out how it's gonna feed all of us. I mean, it'd be like the five thousand. She'd just be tearing bread and you know, some loaves, and it just keeps coming. Yeah, you know, you, 
And I used to have walk in. That actually started from Madea, though. Yeah. She would have once to go gone. And she got seven kids mm -hmm. looking right at her. Medea would take that gob. She, I mean, it would get literally stuck in your teeth. And by me being a grandmother now, I cannot give one something and don't give the other one. Right. And it came from my mother mm -hmm. and my grandmother doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I have five grandkids and on her other side, they say, well, we'll take two this week. But yeah. my grandmother, my dad used to have a pickup truck because we couldn't ride in a car. There's so many of us. We would go down to my grandmother's house. She didn't say, only bring the girls, only bring. All of us got off. And my grandfather would say, look at all those crop pickles. Because he <laughs> knew we was going to eat. <laughs> and he would hide his bananas and we would find them. But uh, I think our love came from, I'm going to be, I, I just have to say, my father and my mother planted good things. And one thing daddy used to say too, take everything somebody give you. Because you never know when they're going to give you something you want. Right. So don't never turn that thing down. Always take what someone give you. Because one day they might give you something you really want. People like that. So if that's a little negative, I thought I'd throw that. <laughs> I want to just say one thing. Um, it's one thing to be with family when things are going good. But to be with a family when your worst nightmare hits you and that terrible storm come along, but you have a family like this. Mm -hmm. I have several friends, but I didn't have to use them right now because I had my sisters, my brothers, and all. I don't like to even say my nieces and nephews, they're my other children. To know when you just start crying. They know what to do. They just sit there. They're going to call me. They don't judge me. But I can feel the love. And I, when I look at my nieces and nephews, they have some of those similarities of my daughter, Charnel. That Erica over there, she can call and say things. And she's going to, you know, we go to the same church. And she's a digginess, and I haven't been around, but she's going to keep me abreast of what things going on. In the married ministry, and people that know me know I love the married ministry. But I hadn't been on that, but she keeps me abreast. But to be in a family, to show you love and to carry you, to be Christ-like, because see, when we are down, see, the Lord is always carrying us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. But Sheila's gonna Sheila will call me and she'll pray with me. Deborah will cry with me. And Julia, when she called me every week, she said, <laughs> She said, Where you going? I said, I'm headed to the country. And she'll just start laughing. But she knows they give me some type of peace just to go down there. Lisa sent me these little texts and these little smiley face. And Tia, what you doing? <laughs>
Cher, I'm going to FaceTime me. <laughs> Love my FaceTime. Early in the morning, before you brush your teeth. <laughs> Kim sent her son down there to help me. So I'm, I am seeing my great niece and nephew standing by me. Auntie, you don't have to give me nothing. What else do you want me to do? But I just thank God that first of all, I know him and who he was. Because there's no way, no way I would have made it without him and all of y'all. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for praying for us. And my niece and nephew continue to be the sibling for April. Yeah, my baby, she's strong. All sick. But uh, <laughs> she needs you. But y'all had a she friend, needs. great grandmother. Sure did. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. My grandmother, but y'all great grandmother. Mm -hmm. Mom prayed for us. Oh, yeah. Because we lost our mother at an early age. But she prayed for us. Did y'all know Mom? Erica Michelle? Yeah, my Elizabeth and Dad. Oh, okay. I, yeah. know. I remember yeah. when my lost so her Pray for every, Pray for yeah, your family. I do. Because you man. never know when you. I didn't know watching our grandmother when our mother died, which she was the baby. God was preparing me 30 some years down the road that I was gonna feel like my grandma when she hollered, my baby, my baby. But now I know what she, how she felt. But to God be the glory. If you got God in your life, he'll help you even through storms like this. So. Family, thank yeah. you. Which is our tradition and, and just being a praying family. Like Amen. Mama said, yeah, pray. I knew when my mama was praying for me. Mm -hmm. I, I knew she would call me when I was living in New York or Connecticut and be like, what's wrong? And I'd be like, nothing. She'd be like, what's wrong? i start crying on the phone. Because <laughs> she already knew what was wrong. Or I'd wake up and I'd be like, ooh, my sinus, my sinuses. She was like, mine too, girl. Like, well, I wake up the next day, like, my mama must have a headache because I got one. <laughs> so, but, I, but you you know those things. And when we talk about traditions, like, who else can you say had a caravan, a charter bus charter full of bus. people coming to Nashville for my graduation and moving on to Indiana to go to April's graduation? We sure did. That's, yeah. that's, and coming back in all our cars. All our cars got told. Yeah. And the fact, and I'm saying, and we, and we still together. But I, I tell that, I tell that story to people all the time about, you know, that first of all, it was just amazing that you were graduating from dental school and I was graduating from Notre Dame in the same weekend. Let's just talk about that yeah. being, you know, um, and then I said, and but our family was like. Oh, we're not missing either one of them. We're going to work this thing out. Right. And, um, they were like, we're just going to charter a bus. And I'll never forget, you know, that bus was coming through Notre Dame's campus. And my friend was like, hold up. Wait a minute. You did not bring your entire family from Atlanta. I said, oh, no, no, no. I did. They stopped in Nashville, though. And the thing was, 
you know, they couldn't even go to the real graduation. They can only go to the black graduation, but still they thought it not robbery. They were coming up to their name yes. because they yes. were going to attend. Yes. Um, but, you know, I said, but this is what we do. I mean, we yes, were, you know, we, we went to Kentucky to see Armand. We went to Charlotte when yes. he made it into the NFL. You know, we went to Temple to see Sean. But I mean, you know, we, we, we cross country. We, I mean, we have somebody doing something international. I guess one day when COVID goes away, we're going to do that too. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs>
God, thank you so much for my family. I love them so much. And thank you for the people in my army. I also ask that you would bless their family. Thanks so much. Make sure you connect with me on social media because I love to learn just as much about you as you're learning about me. See you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. We are just getting started, so make sure to connect with me on social at AS Davenport and at Fresh Start Fridays. For more information on the podcast, please visit www.asdministries.org. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and be a part of April's Army. Remember... Any time is a good time to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, live by your own personal convictions, and it's always a great time to have a good conversation. I'm your girl, April Davenport. See you next time.